Here we go. Hello, Journey Class family. Great to see everybody today. Uh, wow, this is weird doing it on a video. So uh, I feel for Steve and Pat that have, have been doing this for the last few weeks. But what a beautiful morning. Uh, it's Easter morning, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, we had a beautiful sunrise this morning. Uh, temperature's good. But even if it would have been rainy, it's still a good day. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Um, let me, uh, oh, Sherry's going to turn her phone down there. Um, let me get a few things out of the way, some logistics first. Um, well, first off, I hope everybody's doing okay. Uh, I know we've tried to keep in contact with, with the class through, you know, Facebook has been a great tool. I've uh, been texting each other, and I know, as far as I know, most of us are doing okay. Um, if you're not, uh, or you need any help with anything, uh, be sure and put it in the comments or let Pastor Steve or, or myself or Pat Lee or someone know because we are trying to keep track of, of where everybody's at and the different situations uh, that they're in so we can uh, really pray for each other. Um, which kind of brings me to the announcements um, is that we do remember to pray for each other. This, this social distancing is pretty weird. Uh, it's weird not seeing everybody uh, on a regular basis, so don't forget to pray for each other. Last week, uh, you know, I made note of some some good prayer requests we had. I know Tom Tom Merritt's been struggling with some things. Uh, Kevin uh, Frost and, and and his daughter Destiny, um, Pam's daughter has been struggling with some health things. Uh, and we actually talked to Rich Hayes yesterday, and and his sister Natalie. She's one of the healthcare workers on the front lines, uh, so we need to really uh, lift Natalie up for protection and, and health for her. So, if you have any additional prayer requests, uh, comment, put them in the comments, uh, and we'll we'll do some some praying here in a bit. Um, some other announcements. I don't know if you've been catching Brian on Sunday morning, Sunday nights, and Wednesday nights uh, on Facebook or YouTube. It's been great. It's really nice to, to see Brian uh, preaching and, and just being uh, encouraging to us. Uh, so I encourage you guys to, to catch Brian, uh, and he'll be up at 1030 this morning. So um, I should be done by then, hopefully. <laughs> um, but one of the announcements is tonight on Easter evening, Brian's not going to have service. Um, so we can... We can kind of do what you need to do this afternoon and eat a extra helping of ham, I suppose. So, so no uh, no church service tonight, but it will resume Wednesday, this Wednesday in a few days. So, you know, again, I encourage you to tune in for that. They're they're pretty cool. Um, all right, some more logistics before I get going. I'm using this um, this this fancy new computer video mixing very technical i don't want to have to explain it all <laughs> but um i had a little trouble yesterday with some frame dropping and, and some cpu issues so if this live feed happens to get dropped then don't go away i'm going to immediately resume on the tripod back here that we typically use with my phone so i'll just pick up where i left off uh, and we'll finish uh, the the lesson today. Um, let's see, else here. 
uh, do appreciate everybody watching. Isn't it cool, all the live services that are on Facebook and YouTube over the last month? Uh, I was talking to Ray Blowers the other day. It's just, it's just hard to imagine. Like right now, it's, it's like 9-10, and all across America, there's thousands of churches doing what we're doing. And, and just the, the think of the capacity and the bandwidth of the Internet, I'm thankful that that doesn't buckle and that we have this, this super highway that we can still get the word out. So, so that's pretty cool. Another thing on logistics, uh, I see we're up to around 15 or so people watching, which is cool. Appreciate that. Uh, with all the options out there on Facebook, I, I am humbled that we've got 15 people that have tuned in to, to watch, watch us here, so that's great. But we don't know who those 15 people are all the time. Facebook's not good about telling us that. So if you're on... If you can just do a wave or a like or something like that so we know uh, who's, who's plugging in, that would be great. I know Brian Parrott, he always does his uh, signature eyeballs. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I see Tom Merritt waving. And so, yeah, that, this is great. And, and Which is kind of cool because for the last few weeks, I've been behind the camera as Steve and, and Pat Lee teach. And it's always neat to see the banter that goes on between our members in the class. So uh, encourage that. You know, encourage praying for each other, lifting each other up, encourage, you know, encouraging each other. So that's great. Uh, which also leads me to another point I wanted to bring up is, is this is the Journey Class Adult Bible Fellowship. And this is really the structure that... that HBF has put together is that each each member is a member of a class like this so we can get together and, and get to know each other uh, more personally and, and pray for each other and so I encourage you if you're listening today and you're not an actual member of a of an ABF Adult Bible Fellowship we encourage you that when this thing is over uh, come on in and join us. We're, we're always here in the library every, every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Uh, we'd love to see you uh, here in person. Um, all right, so we're, yeah, we're three weeks into the quarantine, roughly. I know I've been home quite a bit more. Um, I was thinking the other day that when this is over, you guys are going to see a lot more of me. And what I mean by that is there's going to be a lot more of me to be seen because I've been eating like a madman and I think I keep getting bigger and bigger. So I need to put a mask over my face instead of my nose. I've seen some of those memes. They're pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be great to get back and see everybody. And since I have been home a lot, uh, the, and I, I was telling Sherry this the other day, she's here with me, uh, and so this is not no surprise to her, but the my favorite part about this quarantine this thing that i'm always going to remember is all the quality time that me and her have had over these last uh few, few weeks i have to get tissue um no we do you know we have time now that things have slowed down and I, and I hope in your families that you're taking time too to just sit down and uh and read your read your bibles pray more talk with your your family members about the lord uh, share scriptures and passages uh, that mean a lot to you. And that's really what me and Sherry have been doing lately. And it's been such a blessing to me. I know I've, I've grown spiritually, and, I, and she has too, I believe, uh, since we've been quarantined, because we have so much good quality time with me, her, and the Lord in our living room uh, sharing scripture. 
And she actually shared a real good one with me a few days ago, uh, a passage that we talked about for a while. So I thought this morning I would start off uh, by showing that. And let me let me cue up this. If you got your Bibles, turn to the book of Philippians. Uh, this is a very encouraging passage that it's, it's kind of a road map on how to have joy in our life. And I'm going to, I actually have the verses I'm going to queue up. So in the book of Philippians 4.4 4 is where I'm going to start. And remember, the book of Philippians is the book of joy. Uh, Paul wrote this to the church in Philippi. It is a very encouraging book. Uh, the word joy is mentioned like six or eight times in the book. And, it's, and it's all, the book is all about how to have joy in your life no matter the circumstances. So right now with this quarantine, uh, it's weird. Things are scary outside. Um, you know, people are losing their jobs. Our livelihoods are at stake. We have our health concerns to worry about and, and other people's health. And it's just very weird and it's very scary. And there's a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt, which is FUD. Yeah, it's a common acronym we hear. So there's a lot, of, a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And in the midst of that, the Bible tells us how we can still have joy in our life. And this is the, the passage that I, I wanted to kind of look at. So let's start in Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, in all ways, is what that's saying, in every way, even the corona. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. And by moderation, that's, that's like your, your attitude. Let your, let your attitude and be moderate, be calm, be even keeled. Be, be rational at this time because the Lord is at hand. He's still in control of what's going on. So rejoice. Let your moderation be calm and be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Tell God how you're feeling. I've done that many times over the last few weeks. I'm scared about my job. I'm scared about my health. I'm scared about my livelihood. There's a lot of things to be scared about. But I just get alone with God and I talk to him about it. And he, he, uh, he gives me this next part here. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that's really what we want. We want the peace of God. That phrase, peace of God, is it's a neat Bible study unto itself. It shows up about seven times in our Bible. God is the God of peace, and he wants you to be at peace. He wants me to be at peace. So no matter about all the scary things going on outside, he still wants us to be at peace. Uh, and it, because it does, it, it passes all of our understanding. Next verse. And this is cool. This is, this is what's really helped me and Sherry this week. So finally, brethren, so all of us, this is how we get that peace. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, 
if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So these are the things we're supposed to think about, things that are true. The Bible's true, of course. God's Word is true. So think on God's Word, things that are honest. God's Word's honest, just, morally right things, and pure things, genuine things, things that really matter, things that aren't dirty, things that aren't defiled. Things that are lovely, things that are worthy of our affection. These, these are all good things that God tells us to think on. Um, and and when, I, when I see the phrase think on, I remember one time a, a year or two ago, Pam Jackson in our class spoke. Um, and she really talked about meditating on a verse. Not just reading it, but really you know, just, just reason with it in your own head. And I've always thought that was pretty sweet. And I've, I've always taken her advice when I'm reading uh, a passage. I'll meditate on it. I'll think on it. And then when we do that, these things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And I'll put that in red. And the God of peace shall be with you. So that is the roadmap to have peace in our life and in our heart amidst all this trouble that's going on outside, all this scary stuff going on outside. God wants us to have peace by, by rejoicing. It was back in verse 4. Being calm, even keeled, not being full of care, not being anxious, but praying, talking to God, and doing that list here about just focusing on things above like it says in Colossians put your affections on things on high don't you know what don't sit around and watch the news all day that'd be something I could throw in me and Sherry actually quit watching the news last week and I'll catch it every once in a while just so I'm not you know living in a cave but the media's job is to scare us in this time and there's a lot of you know news coverage that just is meant to scare you so we've made a conscious decision in our house to not not focus on the media, but, but focus on these things here, things that are true, honest, just, pure, and lovely. Um, and, and then that's when uh, verse 9, that the God of peace, God will comfort you. Now that word do, now this also ties in with our discipleship. And that's what we've been talking about with Steve the last few weeks. Here, let me flip back over to me here. Yeah, there I am. I'm back. I'm still here. Um, that's what discipleship's all about. It's not just reading a lesson. It's not just doing something. It's actually implementing these things in our lives. The things that we have, we have, we have learned, we've received, we've heard these things. We see Christ as our example. We see our pastors as our example. We should do these things. And the God of peace will be with you. So... That was kind of my little pre prequel there. Let me uh, let me get kind of situated here. I got to flip some screens over. I got a whole little video thing going on. All right. So what we're going to talk about today? Today is uh, Easter, of course. Resurrection Sunday is uh, what I like to call it. Um, uh, a great day, uh, and it's. Uh, it's it's a day that we can that it, it is the pinnacle day of the Christian faith. Of course, we know that. It's critical to Christians. First uh, Corinthians fifteen, that whole chapter, 
Paul lays out the gospel and talks about how important the resurrection is. And it's absolutely critical. It's, it's foundational to our faith. Uh, basically, Paul says if, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, we might as well just hang this thing up and go fishing. Uh, it's very, very important. Uh, and it is an honor for me to to be able to speak this morning on the Resurrection Sunday. Uh, so what I wanted to do was put together kind of Jimmy's faves, the top seven truths that are are meaningful to me, at least, and I hope they are to you, the seven truths that we can learn from the resurrection and why it's important in my life. Um, now, in putting this list together, uh, a person could put together 50 or 100 reasons why the resurrection is important. Uh, of course, I had to whittle it down to something manageable, and seven is the number of, of perfection and completion. So, uh, Sherry, can you plug in my laptop? It's, it's getting ready to go dead. I must Wow. Let me plug it in really quick. Sorry about that, folks, and all the uh, and all the hassle this morning. I, I had to, I forgot to plug my laptop in, so <laughs> so I'm glad that the laptop flashed up a little. You're about to die, uh, message. Yeah. All right. So anyway, back to what I was talking about. The seven things that the uh, whoops. Let me back up here. Getting a little. Uh, they got me a little frazzled here. All right. The seven truths that we, that we can learn from the resurrection. The first thing I wanted to point out is something cool about the resurrection. And actually, let me put my picture up here. All right. A brand new day. That's kind of what I titled my, my lesson here. It's a brand new day. The resurrection signifies a brand new day. Now, I don't know if you know this or not. Well, I think you do. Most of us here do. God created the universe. God created the earth. God created us. His fingerprint is on everything that we see and do and touch. And a big part of that is nature. So just as we see the sun coming up here over these these sunflowers, that pictures something. Every day the sun comes up is a resurrection. You know, the the night, as as the sun goes down at night, it brings darkness and, and a coolness on the earth. Uh, creatures sleep, humans sleep. We all go to sleep. That's the closest to death we'll come is in our nightly sleep. It's kind of a type of of death that we die daily. And then praise the Lord every morning. The warm sun rays come out and wake up the earth, and it's a brand new day every day, and it's a resurrection of many things. As we wake up in the morning, uh, animals wake up, birds wake up, and, and it's just a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful picture of what happened with Christ as as the the darkness of the crucifixion came, and then the, three days later when the when he rose from the dead. Um, and what I what I mentioned about nature. 
uh, I always it makes me think of Psalms 19:1 here. This is one of the many verses that talk about how the the nature, the the creation that we see, has God's fingerprints on it. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Everything we see, I mean, I, I that you could do a whole lesson on on how nature. Um, as pictures of the different truths of the Bible and, and God's character. Another favorite verse that we like uh, about the sun coming up in the morning is, is in Lamentations. Now, Lamentations, remember, was written by Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the prophet that actually witnessed and, and was in Jerusalem when the Babylonians came and took it away and, and all the people went into bondage. It was a terrible time in Israel's history. Lamentations means crying, so he's the weeping prophet, and as he's, as he's seeing his people get taken away, he pens these words uh, amidst the doom and despair. He says in Lamentations 3.22, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. The Lord is merciful and compassionate. In verse 22, uh, they are new every morning. His mercies and compassion are new every day. Great is thy faithfulness. So every day when we wake up, as the sun comes up, you have a new bucket full of God's mercies and compassion for that day. And I've always thought that is a very, uh, a very cool thing to think about. Um, I've got a little chair in the back of my deck with a little end table that it's, uh, I always go out in the morning and I love watching the sun come up. And I always think on that verse that no matter how dark the nights get, sometimes the nights can be so long whenever we're consumed with worry and anxiety and fear. Um, No matter how dark things get, every day the sun rises. There's a resurrection. There's a type of the resurrection. When, when our his mercies and 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 compassion is just more than I can then use. So I think that is so cool. I think of that a lot. So so next time you see the sun come up, think about that. That you've just gotten a new bank account full of God's mercies and compassion. So, alrighty. Um, I think what was one to do now. We need to read. We need to read what happened on this resurrection morning. Uh, We have four Gospels in our Bibles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they all detail what happened on that resurrection morning. And you may remember when we taught the Gospels uh, a year ago now, each one has a slightly different uh, focus or emphasis on, on the resurrection. I like the book of Mark, so I'm going to... Get the book of Mark out. So if you can join me in Mark 16, we're going to pick it up in verse 1. Let me get my Bible scooted over here. So Mark 16:1. Remember Mark, just to kind of throw in some tidbits here, Mark was actually a teenage boy living in Jerusalem when Jesus was, was teaching. Mark became the disciple of Peter, the disciple Peter. So Peter kind of recounted the the resurrection story, and really the book of Mark is Peter's eyewitness account. 
So Mark has kind of given us Peter's view. So that's that's pretty cool. So let's pick it up here. Mark 16, verse 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. So remember, Jesus had been crucified on Wednesday afternoon, the Passover, at 3 o'clock, roughly, is when Jesus passed away on Wednesday. He's been in the tomb here for three days. He rose sometime Saturday night, probably after 6 p.m., the, the Jews' days went from 6 to 6. So here it is, Sunday morning. The Sabbath has passed. That was Saturday. It's Sunday morning. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, which is Jesus' mom. That James there, that's, that's Jesus' half-brother. And Shalom, they came to the tomb to anoint him. All right, verse 2. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came under the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. See, there's that sunrise again. It's a brand new day. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? So there's roughly six women here. And, the, and these six women know that they're not strong enough to roll the stone away. So they're already wondering who they can get to help them. I mean, they probably know the Roman guards should be there, but they're not. But when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. It was a big one. And, entertaining, or, and entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side clothed in a long white garment and they were affrighted now this guy we don't have time to get into all the details but this this is a this is an angel you know this happened many times in the old testament uh angels look like people you know oftentimes they they're indistinguishable uh hebrews talks about us entertaining angels unaware but whenever people seen an angel and they knew it was an angel, they were affrighted. I love that word, affrighted. That means it's kind of a combination of afraid and frightened. They're like scared to death. Uh, they're very afraid. So they're affrighted. So Mark sixteen six, And he said unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. So it's an empty tomb. But he tells them to go your way, tell his disciples and Peter. <laughs> That's, it's funny that Peter calls himself out here. Go your way, tell the disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. And there ye shall see him, as he said unto you. And that's kind of cool, because if you go back and read the account of the, 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 uh, the Last Supper, which would have been Tuesday, Jesus actually tells them, when I rise, I'm going to meet you guys in Galilee. But I think it just went over their head. So now, whenever uh, the angel tells these ladies here, go meet Jesus in Galilee, because that's what he said. So, verse 8, And they went out quickly, and they fled from the sepulcher. For they trembled, and they were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. So I'm sure they were very afraid. <laughs> Now, when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. 
out of whom he had cast seven devils. And, and we remember Mary. She's got a history with Jesus. He forgave her. He cast out these devils. And she's, she's a very devoted disciple, uh, follower of Jesus. And that's one thing about the... the we'll back up here. The, on, the, on, the gospel, on the four gospel accounts, there are slight differences in perspective and focus, but there are some things common to all four gospel accounts. And one of them is Mary Magdalene and her, her faithfulness and her caring for Jesus. So I encourage you, when you get time, just to sit down and read each of the four accounts of the resurrection. There are only a chapter that's not a, a big amount of reading. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John read the resurrection account and then look at the similarities and the differences. Uh, it's just very neat. You get a good round picture of everything. All right, so verse 10. So she went, Mary did, and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. So their disciples are still pretty sad. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and that had been seen of her, they didn't believe her. So they were still kind of in shock probably of everything going on. Uh, There I am. Of everything going on. So uh, that's kind of Mark's account. Mark is uh, just kind of quick and in there. gives us a quick detail that the ladies go to the tomb and it's empty. The, The guards have been scared off. So that leads me to, let me get over here on the next slide. The seven truths. So now we're going to kind of pick this apart. I'm going to kind of give you guys uh, the seven truths about this resurrection that can help give you and me a brand new day. The first one. Now this is the list of seven here. I just kind of put them all on one slide. These are, this is what we're going to kind of go through and talk about. The first one. It's a game changer. God has the power to change circumstances. You know, it was pretty bleak and, 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 and dark on that Sunday morning. The disciples were, were crying. Everybody's upset. The guy that they thought was going to be king has now been killed, and he's in the grave. Things were dark, just like they are now. I mean, right now we're in the middle of this, 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 this Rona thing, and it's like we don't know what's going to happen. Things are dark. God has the power to change circumstances. When Sunday came and he arose, it was a brand new day for, for everything, for, for all of us. So no matter how bad things look, God has the power to change our circumstances. Uh, his, you know, Remember, his, his mercies and compassion are new every day, and, and he's, he's got the peace he wants to give you, just like we talked about in Philippians. So that's the first thing I love about the resurrection. It was a game changer. It changed the rules when he when he arose. The next one, it his resurrection, the truth of the resurrection proves that Jesus is God. He is who he said he was. Uh, there are so many verses in the New Testament, I, I couldn't uh, list them all out here, but where Jesus is God, and I've got one there in Romans 1.4. Uh, the book of First John covers that. The, the opening of John. I mean, we we know that Jesus was God. Jesus came down in the flesh and died for us. People cannot come back from the dead. Uh, no matter how much money we have, or no matter how much wisdom or health or good looks or whatever, we don't come back from the dead. Jesus did. He came back from the dead. Which that got me thinking. Some of these other 
leaders of religions that have started over the years, like Muhammad here. That's actually a picture of Muhammad's tomb. If you were to go to Medina, Saudi Arabia, his dead body's in there. Next, we have Buddha. You know, we talked about Buddha a few weeks ago. He started, you know, the Buddhism in, in China. He's, he was actually a Hindu priest that started Buddhism. Somewhere in China, there's this broken down urn full of his ashes. He's still there. And we got Confucius, the, the great Chinese uh, philosopher. He's still dead. There's his tomb right there. And then, of course, we have Jesus, the empty tomb. This is the garden tomb. I, I suspect Steve was probably here. Um, whether it actually was the real tomb of Jesus, we don't know. But we do know that there is no tomb with his body, that he's, he's not there. He arose. So he was God. No, no question about that. All right, the next reason, the next truth that means something to me is that Jesus redeemed us. You know, it's not just that he died and, and that, that he, he rose just for his own reasons. He did it for a specific reason. Jesus redeemed us when he rose from the dead. And, and the word redeem, I put a definition on there. To redeem something is to regain possession of something that's been separated from you by repaying the value to the possessor. Those are kind of some big words there. Basically, it's paying a ransom. You know, you can look at it that the devil, when Adam fell, the devil took the human race hostage in bondage. We're, we're, in, a, we're in a basement in bondage. Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he basically paid that ransom and bought us back. So that's very important that, that he rose. Everything about Jesus' life, especially the last, well, really all of his life, but that last week that he was on earth fulfilled so many prophecies about when he died, what time he died, the method he died, and then he was there three days, and then he rose Sunday morning uh, to redeem us. Uh, it was a fulfillment of all those prophecies in the Old Testament. So that's the truth. Uh, help give us a brand new day is that Jesus redeemed us the next one death to death you know death has always been the enemy of mankind ever since Adam uh, the fall of man with Adam uh, we all die there's no way around it you know like I mentioned it doesn't matter how healthy you are doesn't matter how much money how good looking uh, nothing uh, we all die uh, Jesus defeated that. When he paid that ransom for us, uh, he defeated and he took the keys of death back from the from the devil. Uh, so we have no longer need to fear death. Uh, death's no longer an enemy because he, Jesus took care of that for us. Uh, there's some good verses there. That Hebrews two fourteen. You know, let's let's take a look at that. I didn't I didn't make a slide for it, but uh, grab your Bible. Hopefully, you've got one with you. Check out Hebrews 2.14. i got to flip over here. Actually, let me... uh, I'll come back on screen. Hebrews 2.14. See, if we was in class, I could have someone read and maybe toss out a candy bar. But uh, can't do that right now. All right, so Hebrews 2.14 says... For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, 
meaning just like the way our kids are flesh and blood, he also himself took part of the same. Jesus was also born flesh and blood. That through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So right there it's saying, Jesus defeated the devil, bought us back, redeemed us, and we no longer need to fear death. I mean, we all do fear death. We all, you know, that's, I think public speaking is the number one thing people fear, but death is up there. Um, We don't don't need to fear death. Uh, Jesus took care of that for us. So let me get to the next point here. I don't want to run out of time. All right, I like this one. Your adoption awaits. The resurrection, I mean, it it did many things. I'm just kind of touching the surface here. It, It brought us into God's family. It allowed the process where we can be brought into God's family. All right, here, here's the deal. Just think of a parent when, or a, a couple. When a couple adopts a child, they do all the paperwork and all these things, all this red tape, unbeknownst to the kid. The kid is just in a foster home somewhere. So the parents do all this, this work to adopt a child. And then when they do, and they bring the child into their house, he is now their child. He has full rights to everything they own, the inheritance, uh, the love, uh, the care, and, and the parents take care of that child. That is what God does with us. The truth of the resurrection God submitted that paperwork and has adopted us if we want to be. That, that's the, the second part. We are now able to be called God's sons and daughters because he's adopted us. And by being the son and daughter of God, we have, we have rights to inherit and, and to take part in all of, of his riches, including his peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding. So the truth of the resurrection... Um, he has allowed us to be adopted. Uh, Romans 8. I don't think I made a slide on this. No, I didn't. If you got your Bible still, let's go to Romans 8. This is kind of the defining passage about God adopting us. We'll go to Romans 8. Uh, I'm going to start down around verse 14. All right, here we go. Romans 8:14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So I have to ask, friends, whoever's listening, have you been led by the Spirit of God? Are you a son of God? Have you, has there been a time in your life when you said, yes, I want to be adopted, I want to be in your family, I want, I want God to come into my life and save me? If you have, this passage is to you. So for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, because you will be a son of God. Verse 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And then verse 16, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. 
the resurrection, the truth of the resurrection is that God set up the process by where we can go to him, be adopted into his family, and and not be in bondage to death anymore. And that we will call out to him, Abba Father, and we will inherit the things that he has for us. Which brings up security uh, when you're adopted you don't get unadopted so when you're a child of God uh, there's no way of losing that so I just thought I'd touch on that real quick alright so the next thing the next truth about the resurrection would be your next I think this is really cool so this is something I think we forget about um, Jesus is called the first fruits in, throughout the Bible, you know, in Adam all died, and in Christ all are made alive. In verse, the First Corinthians six fourteen, God raised up both; He raised up the Lord, and He will also raise us up by His own power. So here's the deal: there will be a day. I said, let me flip it back over here. I got to learn how to work all this fancy stuff. There will be a day when you will experience the same resurrection of your body that Christ did. Christ was the first fruit. He was the first of many. There will be a, a day, a morning, the trump of God shall sound. We don't know exactly when. Because he went, we're also able to go. He's going to raise us up too. He is called the first fruit. We are called the harvest. We shouldn't fear death. Um, I'm making sure I don't leave out my note here. Uh, because yeah, here it is. I was looking for this verse in in Revelation one five. It talks about Jesus being the begotten, which is a prototype. Uh, the Greek word used there is prototype. What Jesus did for us is an example of what what Jesus when he resurrected. That's an example of what he's going to do for us. That he's going to uh, raise us up when we die. There will be there will be a day when Jesus comes back that all these bodies are going to be resurrected. You will be too. Um, so that's just that's an encouraging truth about the the gospel. Um, all right. Yes, that's when we start our brand new day of Jesus, and that, that's that's what I was trying to tie in. That the grave isn't our final destination. That when you are resurrected someday, when I'm resurrected someday, we start a brand new day with Him. Uh, like physically in a, in a glorified body. Alright, the seventh thing and the last well, I'm way ahead of schedule so that's probably good. Hope for the hurting. The resurrection uh, you know, I mentioned it's it's the key critical thing that our faith is, is found on. Because of Jesus' resurrection we don't have to fear tomorrow. He's conquered death. He's redeemed us. He's brought us, you know, we can, he can adopt us into his family. But almost more importantly, he gives us hope. Uh, the, the study of hope is interesting. I found this quote by Hal Lindsey I thought was, was pretty neat. That, that man can live about 40 days without food. And he can live about three days without water and about eight seconds without air but only one second without hope. And that's pretty cool. And it, 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 you know, I, I, it goes along with, the, I read a lot of books about World War II and, and Vietnam and World War I and prisoners of war. And, 
And that's one thing that humans have to have is hope. And, I, and all these stories about these World War II prisoners, as long as they had hope, they could make it. But when we lose hope, we, we don't make it. And, and what the resurrection does for us is it gives us hope in Christ that he is who he said he is, that he'll do what he'll say he's going to do, and that he's going to take care of us. He's going to, you know, we're in his family. We have his riches at our disposal, and he will help us get through anything that we're going through. You know, back to that verse in Lamentations, that every day, every, every day when the sun comes up, you have a new bucket of compassion and mercy at your disposal to give you hope for, for these times. So you have a brand new day every day. The resurrection gives us that hope. Uh, because, it, you know, like I say, it proves who he was and, and what he did for us. Um, and that actually is called the blessed hope throughout the Bible is that if 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 Jesus I can't even think if Jesus had not risen how how sad it would be but because he did we have this this huge hope and faith in everything he did and said he would do for us um, so let me see here that's really about all I had I don't know if anyone has any let me get to this next slide here. I'm still working through my... Uh, oh, yeah, there's the hope. Yeah, that's that cool verse. I, I did want to look at that. Um, actually, you may remember when we talked about Peter, when we went through the Bible, we talked about the book of First Peter and how it's really the book of, of comfort and encouragement. Uh, it's, a, it's kind of a manual of encouragement. And Peter writes some very cool words here in the beginning. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. So, like I mentioned, when you're adopted by God, you have this hope, you have an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, waiting for you in heaven. So there will be a day when you rise and when you're resurrected and you'll be with Christ in a glorified body that you'll start your brand new day with, with the Lord, with all those uh, with that inheritance that he promises us. So there's our seven again. It's a game changer. Things may look bleak today, but they're not. They're going to be fine. Uh, for those that know the Lord, He's going to take care of us. His mercies are new. He redeemed us. Uh, that's why He rose. He didn't just rise because He didn't want to be dead. He rose for a specific reason to buy us back. Uh, conquer death, death to death. He allowed the adoption to take place where if you want to be in God's family, you can. All you have to do is ask Him. And He's, he's ready to go. He'll be right there. You're next. You will be resurrected too. He's kind of showing us how it's done. And then uh, Jesus is God. I, I think these are kind of out of order. Uh, that Jesus is who he said he is because he rose. And most importantly, number seven, the resurrection gives us hope for the hurting. Um, so that's my list. That's how we have a brand new day. If you think on these things every day, uh, you too will have a brand new day. Uh, let me cut back over to me. 
Uh, man, I'm done way early. I don't think I've ever been done this early. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Wait, Steve asked what the verse was on. It's a game changer. The game changer. The game changer verse. Oh, I think that was... Uh, let me see. I got a question from Steve here. I don't think I had a verse on the game changer other than just a... Um, an observation of the story in Mark, and actually the story period, in the Gospels after Jesus was crucified, even though Jesus had told them over and over and over, I'm going to be crucified, I'm go- I've got to go, I'm going to, I'm gonna, you know, bad things are going to happen. They were still like shocked whenever it did happen, and they were very down and depressed. And so for those three days, um, they were sad. They wept. They, their hopes were crushed. Actually, in the book of John, I think it's John 21, they actually go back fishing. You know, they were all fishermen to begin with, and Jesus called them out, and they were disciples, and he spent all that time discipling them. And then when he was crucified, they went back to fishing. Uh, and he met him on the beach and, and got them back together. But um, So I put the game changer because when things do look bad, God still, he, he changes the game. The resurrection changed the game when he, when he rose from the dead. Um, I was going to go into the Abraham and Isaac picture, but that gets a little deep. I tried to keep this, this teaching here just kind of light, you know, not a whole lot of uh, detail, a lot of deep technical stuff. So that's what that's about. Um, so do we have anything else, Sherry, that I need to... Uh, yes, we have prayer requests. Uh, there's two. So. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah, we have a few prayer requests. Um, and I do appreciate, again, everyone tuning in. I, I know I'm done pretty early, so this will this will give us all a chance to go eat more <laughs> before we join Brian at 1030. And after I'm done here... I'll post the link in this page to to catch Brian at 10:30. Uh, you probably already have the link by now, but in case some don't, uh, I'll post the link and you can click that and listen to Brian, and we could we could catch his Easter message. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's close out with prayer here. We've got a few. I got a few from last week. All right, all right, all right here we go. My Lord, we do. I do thank you uh, so much, Lord, for uh, just all you do for us every day, Lord. I, I can't even put into words my gratitude and uh, my love for uh, that you give to me and my family, and, and really all of our journey family here. And just, just thank you that uh, you're there for us and that you do um, love us and and you refill our bucket of your compassions and mercy every day lord i'm so thankful for that and i want to lift up our class members that we have uh, some hurting and some issues lord i just want to lift up pam and her daughter still that uh, she's still fighting this uh, this covid and uh, pray lord for for strength and healing for pam's daughter for strength for the family for wisdom and the doctors and just really want to lift her up that you would um you would touch her body, Lord. You are the great physician. All the all the people really that have the the COVID nineteen, Lord. I pray your mercy on their bodies and wisdom for the doctors that you would touch them in their infirmity and when, when they need you the most, Lord. Uh, while they're laying in the bed, just to, that you would reach down and give them the comfort and 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 the healing that they need. 
uh, Lord, and, and Tom Mara, I know he's had some issues with his, his family. You know, he's, he's like a lot of us, is worried about jobs and livelihood. And I want to pray for, for Tom specifically and for all of us that we would uh, just rely on you just to be calm, to meditate on your word, and to know that that you do love us. We're, we're your children. You're not going to let us go hungry. I always think of uh, Psalms 37, 25, that I've been old and I've been young and I've never seen the righteous begging for bread. And, and Lord, these are your people and they love you. And we know they're not going to be begging for bread. And just want to pray that you would uh, touch all of us, Lord, and comfort all of us. Tom, Kevin, Rich, and uh, the Taboras, and, and Pam, and Cheryl, and, and all the people that we love in our class, Lord. Uh, I just pray for, for them. And, and Brian, I'm glad Brian's been watching this uh, lately. And he says he has a niece, Jamie, that her liver is failing. And I want to lift Jamie up, Lord, that you, again, as a great physician, would would uh, comfort and, and uh, control in that situation, be with the doctors, be with the family. Let us all be assured, Lord, that nothing happens outside of your will and that you are in control no matter how dark and dangerous things may look. Just to lean on you and to thank you for your love and mercies. Uh, and, and Lord, again, just thank you for this time we've had together. And I thank you for, for the technology that we can use to still get your word out. Uh, I want to pray ahead of time for Brian's services, that that uh, just be with him, give him the words to speak and comfort uh, the church body of HBF. And just thank you for all you do for us, Lord, and I look forward to for all you are doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So, that's it for me. Um, hope everyone has a great day. Looking forward to Brian in 35 minutes, and we will see you later. Oh, Amita says thank you to the chair. Exactly. There it goes. <sighs> All right. Wow. It's over. It is over. Yeah. Wow. Okay, the verses were really good. Wow. I thought about hope. Man, I was so rattled. Oh, you couldn't tell. Oh, God. No. Now, whenever I gave you the prayer thing about Tom, Tom's sister, remember working. Oh, Rich? Oh, it was Rich. No. I gotta say Tom. I you wrote Tom on here. Yeah, that's who we talked to yesterday, Rich. Richard. All right. Did it. It worked. I never see a single frame drop. I actually forgot about it after a while. Good.